Welcome to this week's edition of Oot and Boot, the podcast within a podcast where we discuss history that we see Oot and Boot and in action. I'm Keely McCavitt, and sitting here with me, as always, are Robin Mullins and Nick Bridges. So it's getting towards the time of the year where there's lots of holiday celebrations, holiday movies, holiday food. We've had a couple of episodes about holiday things like the Santa Claus Parade, and I'm here to talk to you guys today about what your favorite Christmas movies are. So what are your favorite Christmas or holiday movies? I think that we just need to preface this by saying that Nick and I are in a very exclusive club, which is basically just the two of us. We're exclusive. (laughs) Don't try to get in. (laughs) Sorry, Keely. Not accepting new membership. We've invited you and you've never watched the movies. Couldn't be bothered to. So Nick, (laughs) Nick and I, we usually pick, well, I mean, Netflix is kind to us. And almost every week over the past month, Netflix has released a new terrible garbage holiday movie, and Nick and I have made a pact to watch it before Monday, and then we text each other throughout as we're watching it, and it's it's become a nice tradition. I actually really look forward to it. And they're all as atrocious as you think. They're nice. all, like, wonderful in the worst possible way. So what is at the top of that list for you guys? Oh, well, there's so many. <laughs> but I mean, like, come on, let's, what started the club here? Oh, it's true. Christmas Prince. I I just already know. (laughs) You don't know because you won't watch it. That's true, but I'm not, like, staunchly not going to watch it, but the more you guys like it, the more I'm like, no, I'm not going to watch it. And that's why it's an exclusive club that you're not part of. Very exclusive. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) But is there, like, a traditional Christmas or holiday movie that you guys really like? Like, The Grinch or, like... Oh, yeah. I mean, both Mm. Grinches are great and Mm. much better than... I, I haven't seen the new one yet, but... I love Benedict Cumberbatch, but there was no need for any update to the Grinch movies. Mm. I think we hit perfection on on both the cartoon one as well as the Jim Carrey live action one. There was nothing to perfect. Mm. There was nothing to improve. Why? It's it's a cash grab. Let's let's get down to brass tacks here. (laughs) Follow the money. (laughs) Let's follow the money. Fair enough. I mean, this time I'm with you, Nick. Yep, you're right there with me. <laughs> I am. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of The Nightmare Before Christmas. Nice. It's a double whammy of Halloween and Christmas. You can watch it two times a year. Very true. Yeah. With confidence. <laughs> <laughs> That's our guarantee. <laughs> I also really like Elf. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Santa Claus. Tim yeah. Allen. I mean, I grew up watching Home Improvement, so anything with Tim Allen in it is just, like, an obvious mm-hmm. win for me. It's great. It's, I think my favorite is Christmas Vacation. I look forward to it every year. Classic. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> There's also, I mean, they're all good. Like, The Christmas Story, that's a mm. great movie. That's very funny, yeah. So many good options. Yeah. So many to pick from. How do you choose? But Sound of Music, which arguably isn't a Christmas movie, but it's always on TV over the holidays, and so I would argue that it is. It's uh, seasonal. I watch it every Christmas and uh, tell my mom that the final scene where they're all singing the nationalistic Austrian song would never have happened because 85% of Austrians mm. supported the Angelis. Mm. Mm. Th- thank Holiday you. fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys may be in an exclusive club for Christmas Prince, but I may be the only member of an other exclusive club of favorite worst Christmas movies, and I actually found it on Amazon Prime a couple weeks ago. It's from 1964, and it's called Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, and it's just as kind of ridiculous as it sounds. And it was great. It was 80 minutes of my life that I will never get back. So maybe that's why I'm making such a big argument for it having been really funny. It wasn't supposed to be funny, I don't think. (laughs) So this film is frequently on worst movies of all time lists. And it was originally classified as a family comedy. 
And now it kind of exists in this weird cult film sort of realm. And in as early and as recently as 2005, an author called Lou Harry actually made a novelization of the movie just for fun. So it's still kind of current in its own weird way. And it's supposed to be family comedy, but to me it seemed a lot more like a Cold War Christmas movie. But it was also like mixed with dark comedy and it was more like Check It Out with Steve Brule by Tim and Eric than it was like Frosty the Snowman. It was totally absurd. Um, and I loved it. And the movie was actually filmed over the course of only two weeks. And it was unfortunately and ill-fatedly released just before Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, like the famous Christmas special, the claymation one. Another, oh, a classic. Yeah. Another Love classic. Yeah. So any... I don't think that they can blame the poor timing for the lack of positive reception because I think the movie itself just isn't that great. One of the claims to fame that it has outside of that is that it was actually the first on-screen portrayal of Mrs. Claus that was properly documented, played by Doris Rich, who I have never seen in anything else and perhaps I will never see in anything else again. (laughs) But it was apparently the first time that there was a documented account of somebody portraying Mrs. Claus. That so. seems very progressive, yeah. considering. Like, yeah. yeah, let's get them women in there. Yeah. Toss her in there. She's a horrible nag the whole time. Oh. It's very of a time. Okay, never, <laughs> never mind. It's not so progressive. <laughs> so, I I'll, spoke too soon. Too soon. <laughs> so I'll briefly give an outline. I'm not going to go into too much detail because it is 80 minutes long. So depending on your taste of movies, this is either going to be a bunch of spoilers or I'm saving you from ever needing to ever watch it. The outline of the movie is basically there are Martian children who become depressed because they're getting American TV. And on the American TV, they're getting to know Santa Claus and talking to Santa Claus and talking about presents. And their parents become very concerned. And they decide that what they need to do is actually go to Earth, kidnap Santa Claus, bring him back, and kind of keep him as a slave to keep make their kids happy. So... They do this, they fly to Earth, they kidnap some children to help them find Santa Claus, and then they kidnap Santa Claus. And amidst all this, um, they're spotted by American, like the American army, and then there's this huge montage of what must have just been footage that they got from the American government of people behind computers and running to huge jets, and like jets refueling each other in midair, and all this really high-tech stuff that has nothing to do with the movie, because the American army doesn't actually get involved at all. Like, it's just this big chunk where there's, like, this patriotic music playing and all of these soldiers running around. Was this a propaganda movie? That's basically what it really reads as. Like, this movie was released... This movie was made two years after the Cuban Missile Crisis and one year after JFK was assassinated. So that's kind of the political climate this is in. So things are starting to cool off a bit after the Missile Crisis. But the Cold War is still, like, a huge part of the American psyche and the American experience. And this movie is kind of like the Christmas version of that, which is very interesting. And ha- how heavy-handed is that mm. That symbolism? The Martians mm. coming from a red planet? Mm. Red mm. planet, and they all dress the same. That, <laughs> all of the Martians dress the same, and they're, like, they're all wearing the same outfits. They don't eat food. They only eat pills that taste like food. Mm. And when Santa Claus and the children are in prison, they remark on how terrible the food is. And this is not, like, this is just my personal opinion, but the main bad guy, like, the main bad Martian looks just like Stalin. He's got this <laughs> huge mustache, and every time anyone's happy, he's like, that's, oh, that's terrible, and he's just miserable the whole time. So, yeah, I don't know. So, using it as kind of an exciting and ridiculous Christmas movie to just enjoy yourself 
is great, but I also thought it was an interesting time capsule. Because at the time when this is released, Lyndon B. Johnson is the president of the United States. Leonid Breshev is the general secretary of the CPSU, or the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. And they actually reference Cape Kennedy at one point with the American military stuff. They're talking to a scientist at a different point halfway through the movie, which has nothing to do with what's actually going on, which is extra funny. So it's got some plot issues. There's some plot issues, but they start talking to some people on Earth, like doing a news report. It's really interesting as well because the scientist in the movie refers to Cape Kennedy, which we now know as Cape Canaveral. Um, It was actually named Cape Kennedy between the years of 1963 and 1973 after JFK's assassination. So it was really interesting to hear that spoken and like that was how that place was known at the time. I thought that was very cool. The scientist in that clip actually makes a point about saying every one of our astronauts is begging for the chance to go after the Martians. Who wouldn't give everything to bring Santa Claus back to our children? So my my reading of this movie is like Santa Claus is a symbol for the American, you know, American way of life and American values and I don't know. And he needs to be defended at all costs Mm -hmm. and upheld. Mm -hmm. And the the resolution of the movie is Santa Claus goes, all the Martians except for the Stalin Martian really like him and he teaches another Martian how to be Santa Claus and then they have their own Santa Claus and then he can return home in time to deliver presents to all the children. But do they get better food? They don't get better food, unfortunately, no. (laughs) Do they get other clothes? They do not get other clothes. Although the Martian who becomes Santa Claus wears a Santa Claus suit. So maybe it's coming. It's coming. It's on its way. <laughs> so it's a narrative on the fall of the USSR. Yeah. <laughs> and then this Santa Claus becomes the oligarchs that run the yeah. country. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> so, yeah, I just thought it was very interesting. I really enjoyed it. I don't know if I'd watch it again. <laughs> but a fun fact, it's all open source. So if you want to do anything with the theme song, if you want to mash up pieces of the video, and now belongs to the American people... So that seems mm. that seems very American. It's very American yeah. and it's great. That <laughs> <laughs> is interesting though to be able to see these films through the political lens in which they were actually created, mm. like within the time frame being so far removed from it and having it be such a famous time frame that we really understand that culture. We really um, have a lot of history associated with that culture. So being able to then watch a movie that was made in that time and see how it is a product of that time, apart from just being an older movie, it's also a movie that tells us so much about the society that it was made in. Mm. I think that's fascinating. It's like watching Braveheart. It's not really about Scotland. Mm. It's, about, it's about Mel Gibson's America. But a lot of movies are like that. And we just yeah. don't really notice them at the time because we're in that society. We're in the midst of all of these things that are happening. And it can be difficult to identify that until you're several or, you know, decades removed. So I think that's really neat. Now yeah. I'm trying to think of what other Christmas movies maybe are influenced by the politics of their time. What about you, festive listener? What are your favorite holiday movies? Are some of them so bad that they're good? To let us know your answers, or if you've noticed something interesting out and about that you would like to share, send us an email at podcast at nohistory.ca or reach out on social media at Notice History. Your topic could be featured on our next episode. And we'll keep you posted as to whether or not Keeley ever watches A Christmas Prince. So let's get this going. Yeah, stay tuned. Hashtag save Keely. <laughs> and maybe someday I'll watch Black Panther. If you like what you hear, tell your friends and subscribe to Notice History wherever you get your podcasts. 
Thank you for tuning in to Oot and Boot, and we will see you next Tuesday on a brand new episode of Notice History.